I like to propose a toast. I said toast, motherfucker. This what we doing here? Another one, another one. I might have to put on my jury for this one. Rave top, rave top, oh, we're talking that rave top. Safe top, safe top, here we go, talking that safe top. Major key alert. Oh, we good now, oh, we good now. Major bag alert. DJ Khaled. I'm about to cut the Porsche. Yeah, what is good? I am back in the building. It's your boy, KC. I appreciate y'all taking the time to hop into KC's Corner. And not only are you in KC's Corner right now, but you in the KC's Corner. Not a gang remix. How's everybody doing out there? I know it's been a little while, man. It's been a little while, but see... Like I, like you guys will find out, like you guys know, if you follow me on Twitter, I'm not really big on the day-to-day with the with the football offseason. You know what I mean? That's not really my thing. You know what I mean? But I, but I always got my eye on it. Always got my eye on it. So I, I know what's going on. But you guys, you know, you might not hear from me from a little while from the Niner Gang remix. You know what I mean? On the, on the 49ers Gab Network. You know what I mean? But I'm I'm always I'm always looking. So it's good to be back in here. It's good to be talking some Niner football. We got the draft coming up this week. A, a major draft, man. This is a this is a possible franchise changing draft the Niners got going on on Thursday night, man. And uh I'm excited for it, man. I'm definitely excited for it. I want to see how this goes. I want to see who they get, what moves they make. I am definitely looking forward to it. To kick it off, I decided to uh, – I, I wanted to do one show with two guests, but you know how it is sometimes when I talk to a couple of my guys in 49er football. I mean, it ends up being a, a total of a two, two-and-a-half-hour hour conversation. I wasn't going to let you guys sit through that. So what we're going to do is we're going to split it up. I'm going to have two shows, two separate shows this week. This will be the first show. I'll have the other show on Thursday going into the draft so for the first one i'm gonna get my guest up in here we're gonna get this going oh oh, i forgot hold on before we get going you know what you got to do when you come into niner gang remix casey's corner niner gang remix you know what you got to do put some respect on my name you understand me when y'all saying my name put some respect on please do that and please do that for my first guest man come on bring them on in so without any further ado, I got my first guest on the show here. This guy really needs no introduction. As as you guys like to know, I'm on the 49ers Gab Network, podcast network, and we got the namesake of the 49ers Gab Podcast Network here on KC's Corner Not a Gang Remix. He's back. He's back just like I'm back. He's back on the show. I couldn't I couldn't reboot this whole thing for this, you know, for this year without getting 
the boss back on here. 49ers Gab. What's good, big dog? What's going on, KC, man? How you been, brother? I'm I'm good, man. I'm good. And I'm just – I was talking to you about it a little bit before. Everybody knows, you know, if they follow me on Twitter. You know, I'm all over the place with all the all the uh, sports. NBA playoffs is real heavy yep. right now. Um but man, this is a this is a week two week period where I try to get dialed back in to the NFL because draft time is coming up. The schedule just got released. You know, OTAs happened a, a, about a week or so ago, and then you're gonna have another mini camp, or well, probably another week or so after the draft. And it's it's, it's time to start really thinking again. And I I, I need somebody like my man Forty ers Gab to to come on here and just you know for those who've been too busy watching the uh thunder and the rockets play stupid basketball um get get dialed back in see what's going on man so that's why i had to have you on man yeah man i'm honored man i'm always ready to join you know i'm down for that so i'm ready man i'm ready for this year ready to get this podcast rolling back on man like let's let's do it man yes sir first thing i want to ask you man um Obviously, no games have been played. Hell, we've only had one OTA. We know how you feel about the hire of John Lynch and my guy, Kyle Shanahan, or as I like to affectionately call him, Young Shanny. Um, they've, you know, made a couple moves here and there, you know, some some free agent pickups, you know, the the quick trigger with somebody like a – um um. What's my man? I'm just drawing a blank right now. What's my man that got cut? Oh, uh, Brock. They 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 made a quick trigger oh, with yeah. that. Oh, quick, yeah. A quick trigger decision there. Um, are you satisfied so far with what you're seeing, what you're hearing from this new regime so far? Even as far as Jed York, who's kind of stayed out of the way a little bit and just let them do their thing. Mm-hmm. All things considered, so far, are you are you satisfied with what you've seen at this time? Yeah. Absolutely, man. I mean, if you if you're starting from top to bottom, I mean, Jed York has officially put his money where his mouth is. You know what I mean? He gave these guys these six year contracts and no offset language. But what that means to people who don't know is that when if, if these guys get fired, he's paying these contracts. See, unlike what Chip Kelly and even Tom Sula, they get fired and picked up somewhere else. Then those contracts, he doesn't have to pay the full amount to get some you know some leeway from the other team that pick him up. Right. However. With John Lynch and Shanahan contracts, I mean, he, he's in it full board, six years for each one of them. I mean, it, you don't want to be sitting around paying three head coaches Matter. and then hiring a fourth one. So I think that uh, Jed has finally found the guy that he likes. He sold in. And the the length of these contracts speaks volumes about how he knows that it's going to be a process. This isn't a, you know, we, we want to hang Super Bowl banners every year. I mean, that, that, that Jed York seems to be gone. And he's like, all right. Let the process begin. It seems like Jed York is supposed to process. And then when you talk about the move that they've made uh, so far, you know, when, when free agency first started and everything, I was a little disappointed. You know, I, I was, you know, we got Garcon. Okay, I like him, but, you know, I wish we could have got him a couple of years ago. I was looking at Goodwin. You know, and I'm like, you know, Goodwin, he's fast, like he's Goodwin, but, you know, I would like to see somebody with a, you know, a little bit healthier background and all that. And we picked up Aldous Robinson, and I'm like, okay, you know, he's familiar with the system. And it wasn't anything big, anything flashy. I'm thinking, like, yo, we have all this money, but we aren't going after the big names out here. I wanted Terrell Fryer. You know what I mean? <laughs> I wanted the Alshon Jeffy. But when you step back and you look at what they're doing, you can actually see the plan unfolding. You know, they, they, 
up guys who not only are familiar with the system, but these are guys who are veterans who can teach the room when our head coach has to leave. you got to remember Kyle Shanahan has been an offensive coordinator his entire career. He's had the ability to stay, stay with the offense only. Right. Now that he's a head coach, he's got to divvy up the time a little bit more. He's got to move on. And so when he leaves those rooms, now you got teachers that are already there and in place, and they're doing the same thing on the defensive side of the ball as well. Right, right. I, I'm, I'm definitely in favor of what they're doing. You know, I, I think like it's. I don't know if um, transparent is is the right word for this new regime. When when I say that, I talk about you know Lynch and Shanahan, you know, together and the things that they seem to be building. But it's like um, things are a lot more normal with these two guys. Like, yeah. There was a lot of weird, everything about Trent Baalke and what he had going on was weird. It, it was just strange. It was just really strange from the picks to the comments to j- just his whole demeanor, him out there coaching uh, defensive backs. What, what are you doing? Like, it was it was strange, right? And everything now just seems normal. Even to something as simple as um, – uh, maybe maybe this isn't normal, but it seemed normal to me. Even something as simple as the comment John Lynch made after the Raiders made the decision they were moving to Las Vegas. He's like, "Hey, come on over, yeah. fans. You know what I'm saying? Right. Wide open. Yep. Can you can you imagine Trent? Ball- um, I don't want to talk about Las Vegas and the Raiders. That is their own organization, and uh, <laughs> you know we're just focused on one thing at a time here. With Shut up. You know what I mean? Can you imagine Trent Bulky <laughs> trying to say something like that? You know what I mean? John Lynch was like, hey, come on. We want out. We want as many fans as possible. We're open for business. Just the normalcy of what is going on. I, I, I've really noticed that. Um, I, I really enjoyed that with these two guys. You, you yeah. kind of feel the same way? Absolutely, man. I mean, you, you feel like uh, when Trent Bulky was around, that there was no real direction. There was no aim. You know, it was kind of just like, all right, this is what we need. Every year we're, we need a wide receiver. We need a wide receiver. And it's like, when are you going to address a wide receiver? Right. You know, like it was just, there was just no plan. There was no kind of aim. And then he was always so secretive. He, he didn't want to talk to the media. He hated it. And now you feel like there, there's the exact opposite feeling. You get John Lynch in front of a microphone, he won't shut up now. You know? <laughs> yeah. Now, our head, our head coach might not be like that, but right. John Lynch, he's, he's there and he's, you know, we're looking at this guy. We're looking at that guy. We're looking at everybody. And he's talking about. He's not just saying it. All GMs are gonna say, "Oh yeah, we're taking a look at everybody." But he's not just saying it. He's giving you little breakdowns of this guy. And, you know what they what they present and bring to the table. I mean, like you said, it's not transparency. It's, it's normal. We're, we're right. getting things back to normal. Oh man, I, I I'm I'm so excited for these guys, and <laughs> I I feel like I feel like they're building something. Okay, they have, like you said, they have a plan. They have a direction. They're they're building something. They're getting pros in there first of all. You know what I mean? With, like you said, guys that are familiar with the system and familiar with how uh, Shanahan wants to go about things. But I feel like, and and I would I would be shocked if they weren't feeling the same way. I feel like they see something on the horizon in the NFC West. The NFC West is not the monsters that uh, are little four-year-old son may know you know what i mean it's it's not what he was when he was born this this is a soft division now you know what i mean as far as talent wise and being being good there's going to be an opening i feel next year i think i'll give seattle the division this year i will give them that but i feel in a year there will be an opening 
for that crown. And I feel like they are laying in the weeds. They are plotting. They are they are making sure that they are ready to take advantage of that opening. And like I said, if you look around Seattle, I mean, they're still going to be good. They're not going to fall off the face of the earth. But I think they're on the downside. Um, the Rams, I have no faith that they're going to get anything turned around anytime soon. <laughs> and, and the Arizona Cardinals are on their way to firing um, their head coach. I'm drawing a blank right now. And being back to the Cardinals we all know and, and love. Bruce Aaron, yes. I, I mean, th- there's going to be an opening. And the Niners made the move. Jed York, while I, I, um, I could make an argument for keeping Chip around, I think even Jed – might have seen like you know what let's just tear it down now mm-hmm. because let's get started with our, our our next direction now and i gotta tip my hat to him for that good job good job Jed. do you kind of see this nfc yeah. west is the same way possibly yeah man the tide the tide is changing man um absolutely seattle is you know they kind of i'm not gonna say they're being exposed but uh you realize how important marshall lynch was to that to that team and now they're trying to get rid of Richard Sherman. That secondary is slowly but surely falling apart. Mm-hmm. You know, you never want to see a man mm-hmm. go down due to an injury. But as soon as they lost their safety, in Mel Thomas, that team was all of a sudden very, very vulnerable. Right. You know, um, everyone talks about the system, and now we're starting to realize the system can be a system, but you really need those elite athletes, players back there to make it work. Right. Um, and when it comes to the Cardinals, I mean, they're. I don't know what to expect from Carson Palmer from not even week to week, but, you know, down trash, to down. Trash. That's what you, yeah. you should expect. Trash. Garbage. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, um, I, I have no faith in the Cardinals. They have a lot of young talent on that team. But if they don't get a quarterback to deliver the ball with some kind of consistency, you know, that, that team can go either direction. Um, and you talk about the Rams. I mean, I would love to say that the Rams aren't going to do anything, but, the Rams are quietly making some moves, man. They, they haven't. They've always had a decent defense, but that offense is always letting them down. They, they got Wade Phillips over there now. That was that was a that, quiet that little move. move. That, that, that was a big a move. move. Yeah. yeah. So um, they got a new head coach now over there. So Jeff Fisher is out. I mean, they're, they're going to be teaching and preaching some new some new stuff over there. Got, I'm not saying that they're going to be any good. I'm not worried about the Rams yet, but they could be trying to do something, you know, similar to the 49ers, new direction new attitude and change change what's going on. Yeah. You know what? I, I Not to just agree with you, but I, I could buy that. I could buy that. I, I don't think that um, – how do I say this? I don't I don't know him too well, but I, I, I would obviously take Shanahan over McVay. You know what I mean? So I think just on that oh, yeah. alone. I just, oh, yeah. I just think so highly of Kyle Shanahan, my man, young Shanahan, you that I feel like he can get his ship turned around quicker than a McVay can. So – I guess, you know, the the Rams are making good moves. They're on a certain track. Um, but I feel like just on the head coach alone, you know what I mean, they might be two years behind where the Niners are. You know what I mean? So I, I, could, I sure. could see them. I could see them. They have made some moves, and they got a, a strong defense. And, um, you know, they're they're a quarterback away. We'll see what happens with golf. But, um, yeah, we, we can see that. But, yeah, I I feel like I feel like they're they're setting things up. Lynch and Shanahan are setting things up, establishing um, a culture right now, and they're getting ready. They're getting ready for that for that hostile takeover of the NFC West. That's right. I see it now, baby. I see it now. Yeah. Um, and uh, and go ahead. Go ahead. One more thing about the uh, one more thing about the Rams that kind of gives us an edge also is that those they're committed now to Jared Goff for at least another two years. Mm. You don't you don't give up all of that. You know that equity 
that they gave up to move up in the draft to get that man right. where they did. And uh, you don't you don't start him for the next two seasons, you know. So if he if he comes out playing the way that he looked, or he doesn't improve a whole lot, they talk about a sophomore slump. They can't afford for him to go through one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh, you know, with with all they gave up and everything, they they're committed and they're locked in with him for another two seasons. I, I don't care if it's a new head coach. The team gave up a lot. So I mean, yeah, they they're definitely behind us. I would say in the rebuilding and get the ship turned around. Absolutely, definitely. Got to touch on something real quick. You know what I mean? Some people don't want to go there, but on this KC's Corner, not a gang remix, we will definitely go there, okay? Okay. Our former quarterback, number seven, All right. Colin Kaepernick, still unemployed right now. Still unemployed. Oh, yeah. First question. We've seen you talk about it before. Now, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you do not want Colin Kaepernick back, correct? No. I do not. I uh, I didn't want Colin Kaepernick for the last I don't know two seasons maybe now, um, and it's and it's all play related. If you if you follow what I said, I felt like that Colin Kaepernick has hit his ceiling, and the NFL has figured him out, and he's not capable of adjusting to anything. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, what you see is what you get with Colin Kaepernick. Um, they took away his running ability. And not only does it seem like they took away his running ability, it seems like he doesn't run with the same, I don't know, the fire, the spark, with the same, uh, like, the drive. Like, he used to make up his mind that he was going to run and he would go. Right. And now it's like he, he kind of straddles the the, uh, the line of scrimmage to see if I'm going to do it, if I'm going to do it. Like, God, you got everybody closing in on you. You should have made up your mind before you got that far, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I just, I mean, you can – you can pick apart film and you can look at the numbers and everything, but Chip Kelly is the master of manipulating numbers. I mean, look at what he did with Nick Foles, you know? Yeah. Uh, Nick Foles had a, a career year, obviously, under Chip Kelly, but there was a reason Chip Kelly was okay with moving on from him, you know? Right. Chip Kelly would get that team down to the goal line and let Nick Foles pass for a touchdown instead of letting the running back finish it off. Who got him there in the first place, you know? So, um, But as far as Cap goes, man, I, as far as his play, no, I, I don't think that uh, I would be interested in him, even with uh, the likes of Kyle Shanahan. Right. You know, there's um, – I, I I understand both sides. I would love Colin Kaepernick back purely for emotional reasons. I love the guy. You know what okay. I mean? I, I loved him here um, in San Francisco. I love that he's a 49er doing what he does. You know what I mean? Off the, off the field. You know, I'm completely, you know, in favor of that. Um, yep. Well, technically on the field, but he does a lot on the field too. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I want him there for those reasons. I understand completely the football reasons and the organizations why you would move on from Colin Kaepernick. One thing says right. it is it is a new regime, it is a new era, and mm-hmm. if you keep Colin Kaepernick directly or indirectly, not saying it's all his fault or nothing like that. You're still holding on to this baggage from this old kind of mm-hmm. tainted era that you're trying to move on Absolutely. from, and you can't move on from it with that still there. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I, I can understand why the 49ers, with with no kind of malice in their heart and you know not trying to blackball them or nothing like that, just kind of feels like maybe it's time to move on and start something new. I, I get that 100%. Um, yeah. In a lot of ways, I feel like that would be best for both parties. You know what I mean? It would be best for Cap to go on somewhere and, and get an opportunity, um, 
with another franchise to do his thing. The Niners also to move on and, and start something new. Here's the other thing about it. From everything that I can see, now I'm I'm not the uh you know, the the Mel Kuyper, the great co-sale of, you know, the, the 49ers Twitter. But it does feel like Colin Kaepernick does not fit what a Kyle Shanahan would do offensively. You know what I'm saying? Like it wouldn't make sense to have him running that offense when it doesn't go to his strengths and um, the things that he does well doesn't play well with what a Mike Shanahan offense wants to do. I mean, do, do you you probably see these things a little closer than I do? You think that's pretty accurate? That it's just not a good matchup. Well, yeah. So there's there's two things there. I mean, if you look at what they did last year and what he did with Kirk Cousins, absolutely, you can easily say no. Colin Kaepernick doesn't fit. He wants a guy who can make decisions, make them quickly, read not just read the defense, but diagnose it. You know, he has to be extremely well-versed in his pre-snap counts and things. And, you know, they, I mean, his pre-snap reads, things like that. And then once the ball is snapped, there's also another aspect to Kyle Shanahan's game. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think Colin Kaepernick struggled. I think Cap would walk up to the line, and if that defense was showing any kind of disguise, it would throw him for a loop. Right. And that's why he depended on the speed of his pass instead of, you know, how often do you see Colin Kaepernick throw a touch or throw someone open, you know? He has to laser it in there all the time, and I think it's because those, those pre-snap reads were confusing him. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean that Kyle Shanahan couldn't do something with him because you have to think back to what Shanahan did with RG3. Mm-hmm. All right? right? And that's, they, you know, they had him in the playoffs and things like that. So, I mean, you can't say that Shanahan can't do it, which is one of the reasons I absolutely love that we picked him up. I honestly believe that he can do it with anybody. Right. You know, give him enough time, he can pick his guy, and he can design an offense that will work for everybody there, not just the quarterback. You know, he's going right. to put the wide receivers in the right position. Now, well. now, what, but, from what, not to cut you off, but from what I could tell, you're 100% right with the RG3 thing. From what I could tell and gather, you know, I could be wrong, it feels like the RG3 thing was kind of forced on him and his father. And he's so good, yeah. he just kind of made it work. It probably wasn't his preference. You know what I'm saying? So he's like, all right, if I got to do it, let me figure this out, figure out how to do it. And yeah. it worked. But now he's in control. And if he has a preference, he wouldn't go with an RG3 cap type guy. Right. He would go with a different type of dude. And that's no you know, knock on them. That's just what his preference is, what he believes is a philosophy for winning football. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you look if you look at his first opportunity in the NFL, it was under his father, so that was kind of a needed thing. He didn't really have much of a say. Right. But he went there, he made a little name for himself, and then he went over to Cleveland. And Cleveland, he wanted Brian Hoyer. He didn't want the Jonathan Manziel. Right. You know, he wanted the guy who was going to be a, a pocket passer. And then after he quit Cleveland, he wasn't, he wasn't even fired. He quit Cleveland. All right, after he left there and he was weighing his options, he went to Atlanta. You know, and he's sitting there, you know, this is where he wants to be, mm-hmm. you know, and then you can talk about what he did in Houston and all that, but I'm talking about when he was a coordinator and, you know, the things that he was able to do, even, even in Houston though, look at what he did with Matt Schott. Mm-hmm. If you look at the teams that he chose to go to once he got his NFL career started, he chose to go to where they had a pocket passer, you know, a high IQ type of guy and see what he can do with them. Now that's not a knock on Colin Kaepernick's IQ or his intelligence I'm talking about, you know, there's two different types of quarterbacks in the NFL. You have the athletic guys who want to run you because you can't lose. And you have the guys who are going to play the game from the pocket like you're Tom Brady. Colin Kaepernick is closer to Cam Newton than he is to Tom Brady. That's all, that's all I meant by that. But can I ask you a question? Please. 
And I know this, this is this is your show and everything. It's, this is oh, the case. So, I, I love when we turn the tables because we do this more often. People need to ask me questions. I love it. Yeah. So uh, I know that everyone has this, like, and, and I'm the same way. I want to see Colin Kaepernick succeed. I just don't want him to be with the 49ers anymore. I'm ready for the next the next chapter, right? Yeah, yeah. And everyone, you know, you look at the fans, and they were still clamoring and complaining and talking about Jim Harbaugh even last year, okay? <laughs> And so, oh my and, God, I hope yeah, that this, ends. Yeah. I hope that ends. My God. Yeah. Me, you and me both. And like you said, that's why they kind of have to get rid of the Colin Kaepernick thing. Everyone's going to know that Colin Kaepernick and Jim Harbaugh are tied to the hit. Now. Mm-hmm. They, they're, they're together. But this is what I want to ask you. Do you feel that Colin Kaepernick even wanted to be with the 49ers? I mean, he, he asked for the trade to Denver, but the 49ers didn't want to pay any of his salary. Mm-hmm. He requested that. Then right. he sought a, another trade the following offseason. You know, he asked for permission to seek trade. The 49ers allowed it. He didn't get any bites in. And this, and then he renegotiated his contract. He gave up all of his injury guarantees. Mm-hmm. A running quarterback gave up his injury guarantees so that he can have the opt-out clause. And as soon as he was able to opt out, he did it. Right. He, there was no goodbye, thank you to the faithful tweet. There right. was no Facebook post, no, no kind of warm well wishes and everything. He went on a blocking spree of fellow faithful. I mean, he... You ask me, Colin Kaepernick wanted to be gone, and I, I just feel like people turn a blind eye to it. Did, did you get that sense? And you, I'm asking that because I know you said you like the guy, he's a niner. Like, you, you know, you, you have an, an emotional attachment to him, yeah. just like I do. You know, last time we've been in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, every, I think all of us have an emotional attachment to him, but I think a relationship like that has to work ways once they have to invest in him. 100%. I think, um, I think Colin Kaepernick um, was ready to move on last year you know what i mean going into last year and things just didn't work out i get a, i get a sense from cap that um and this isn't a bad thing you know what i mean because this is what it is but he is about business right now and especially yeah. last year he was about business and it said a lot to me that he wouldn't give up the money to go to denver he's like no i'm gonna collect every dime that i can while i'm playing football and that's how this is going to go. You know what I mean? Like, if I play in San Francisco, cool. They'll cut the check, and, you know what I mean, that that check is going to clear, and everything will be good. You know, I can play there as long as they pay me. You know what I mean? And I felt like he was making business decisions. And I don't know when this turned for him or whatever. Um, maybe it's the whole thing with Balky and, and his relationship with him or whatever. You know, I don't know if you guys can hear it. Excuse my little dog in the background playing with a squeaky toy. This is ridiculous, Max. What are you doing? But um, anyway, back to Cap. I don't know when it turned, but he became about business, right? And it, it was maybe him being untrusting of Jed or Trent or whatever, but he was making business decisions. And it didn't. I don't think it mattered that much where he played. I think last year he really did like and appreciate um, the Bay Area. Chip Kelly. Chip oh, okay. Kelly. Well, Chip Kelly, too, because he was very supportive. I think Jed York showed his support when he was going through the things mm-hmm. that uh, he was going through and the support that he was showed in the Bay Area. And I think he, he really liked that and appreciated that, but it still came down to business. And he felt like, you know, yeah, they got rid of the guy that I wasn't getting along with, Trent Balky. But at the end of the day, I think Cap is ready for a new start somewhere. You know what I mean? Just a new... Okay. fresh change of scenery so to answer your question uh directly no i don't think he he wanted i definitely don't think he wanted to be here last year i think he just kind of settled and this year obviously 
you know, when it was time for him to bounce, was, he bounced. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, I mean, um, I. Go, no, go sorry ahead, about go. that, but I, you know, I, I've been blocked by Colin Kaepernick. I was blocked oh, years oh, ago. Cap, and if you're listening me, to this, is, unblock my man. Come on, he's one <laughs> no, of the good guys. It's okay. <laughs> it's cool, but you know, well, honestly, what hurt more was him not saying goodbye to the first the team that drafted him. Yeah. You know, it, it didn't hurt me personally. You know, but I felt I was like, yo, like you owe that to them. Like you opted out, say goodbye. Like right. that's all. Right. You know, had, had a fun time in, in San Francisco. See you guys later. It, nothing. There was nothing at all. I don't know. Right. All right. I'm over it. Uh, no, you know, you got, you got a you got a great point. You got a great point, and you would love to see something like that. Um, I just, yeah. I, I really think at this point in Cap's life, he has like no interest in the fluff. You know what I mean? If it's not mm-hmm. about what he's doing, you know, in these in these streets and in these communities, um, right. he doesn't. He's not really interested in it. Whether it's a thank you for the fans or you know, talking to right. a reporter or anything else. Like, like he has no interest in anything other than mm-hmm. what he's got going on. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm just saying that's just where his head is. His, his head is like extremely focused. extremely focused. I think he feels real. He, he, he feels real. Um, just kind of jaded on his whole experience dealing with maybe fans in the media, just really mm-hmm. jaded and really untrusting of, of every of the whole process, you know what I mean. So he just kind of put himself in this bubble, in this cocoon, and that's what he's got. That's what he's got going on, and he just kind of keeps to himself. And you know, another thing you mentioned in blocking you on Twitter, one of my pet peeves in all of social media, people blocking people on Twitter. There is nothing softer <laughs> than blocking somebody. Are you are you kidding me? Block. I, I'm just not. It's just a personal preference. I don't know if you block somebody or not. I'm not. I'm not looking down on you if you have. Okay, there's no judgment here. But I just why? Number one, you don't want to give somebody the satisfaction to know that you, they've gotten under your skin that much to be like they have to block you. Okay, so that's the first. That's the psychological war that you got going on then. And then the second thing is, so what? You just want only people that are going to agree with you and see things your way. In your world, yep. that, that is a diluted way of, of of how this whole thing should go. If somebody, as long as they're not getting disrespectful, you know what I mean, and calling people out of their name and stuff like that, and, yeah. and saying degrading yeah. things, yeah. if they just disagree with me, I'll never block you. We can we can have, but I'm I'm a type of person I I like discussion, I like conversation. So maybe that's just me. Absolutely. That that was my Casey's Corner Night Gang Remix uh, thirty second rant of the day. So please, <laughs> people, all Uniter fans. Don't block people. It ain't cool. Spread love, not war. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Let's move on from Cap and the new regime. And let's kind of have something to do with the new regime. But this week on Thursday, the Niners Mm. are making their – they're, they're going to pick their next Hall of Famer. I'm putting positive vibes out there, okay? They're Ooh. picking their next Hall of Famer. I don't know who it is, but he's going to be a Hall of Famer, okay, on Thursday. I don't even know if he's going to be in the first round. I don't, he might be in the third round. But the Niners are picking their next Hall of Famer this weekend. Obviously, right. everybody's mind is on the first round of the NFL draft. Number two pick. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you point blank, period. Who do you want at two? Now, before you answer that, obviously, obviously, every single Niner fan that you run into, because we have all the answers, I wish we could trade. What we need to do is we need to trade down and get some more picks, you know what I mean? Because that is what we need to do. There ain't nothing we need to get at number two. We need to trade down and get more picks. 
obviously, people, that would be ideal. Okay, if we could trade down to the number six pick and then get another first-round pick or a second-round pick, that would be great. Reality says, I don't think that's going to happen at all. I don't think there's one player. Stop, Max. Are you kidding me? Anyway, um, I don't think there's one player at number two outside of Miles Garrett that people are like, you know what, we've got to trade the farm for this guy. So I don't think a trade is, is, is realistic. So let's just assume that they can't find a trade partner. At number two, who would you take? If we're at number two, I'm going with hesitation. <laughs> I don't want – I know you saying Solomon Thomas, no thanks, we have enough interior defensive linemen. I feel the same way. I like – I like Derek Barnett. I think he's going to be the best pass rusher out of this draft over Miles Garrett. Mm. I wouldn't even take him. I want our offensive coordinator, head coach, to have the weapon that he deserves. Right. And that is Corey Davis. That's what I want. Corey over Mike Williams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mike Williams, you know, so everyone talks about how good Mike Williams is, those jump balls and everything. But the question is, why do you have so many jump balls? Because you can't generate separation. Mm. And that's in college. Mm. These guys up here are bigger, stronger, faster. You know, it's not going to be the same thing. Give me the guy that can do it all. Right. And he's 6'3". He's got the size also. Give me the guy that can do it all. Corey Davis is somebody that, um, you know, you ask these these NFL guys, you know, about these prospects. And they talk about Corey Davis, and they say he's that guy. He is that guy. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. for whatever reason, none of them even say, like, he should be in the top five or he might even be not even be the first wide receiver taking. But when you ask him about him, um, Greg Cosell is somebody that I trust immensely in these type right. of process and, yeah. and talking about players. And he's just saying, look, I'm not going to put the label of Julio Jones on him, but he is, you know, essentially yeah. he's saying he's that guy. You know what I mean? And yeah. yeah. Man, Corey Davis at two. I, I mean, I – I definitely don't have it's any gonna problem. It's going to be unpopular. No, it's going to be I unpopular. I don't see how if like if you're following this process, I don't see how it could be unpopular. I mean, he's a, he seems to be a transcendent wide receiver. You know what I mean? So I guess yeah. it's a gamble because it is a wide receiver. He is from a smaller school, Western Michigan. I guess it's a gamble on, on that sense, but I mean, he seems like legit. Let me ask you. I you, I, I don't know if you've seen my tweets cuz you know, I haven't been that boisterous about it. But I'm a big Deshaun Watson guy, okay? And I know uh-huh. people are like, you can't take a quarterback in this draft at number two. You can't do it, okay? That oh, is not please. the value of the draft. You can't take him. Maybe I'll take him in the second round, but I would not take Deshaun Watson at number two. Stop it, people, okay? Stop it. Yeah. Deshaun Watson, I'm a believer in this guy. I think he's a leader of men. I think he's skilled, obviously. If... If I'm looking at Deshaun Watson, and, and especially, especially since at number two, like I've talked about, the whole reason everybody wants to trade down, there's nobody really there that you just have to have. You know what I mean? Now I'm looking at, okay, who can change my franchise? I'm looking at Deshaun Watson. And in this new regime, lacking of leadership on the field, go get the mm-hmm. ultimate leader, the ultimate competitor in this draft, the ultimate game yeah. changer at the ultimate position in the sport, I'm taking Deshaun Watson. What is your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, so one thing that people have to stop doing is talking about draft value. That's too high to pick him, or that's too soon to pick him. Look, you only get one pick in the first round (laughs) unless you do a bunch of trading. (laughs) Right. I don't care if we're picking 31st or if we're picking first. If you have one pick in that round and that guy is ranked numbers 1 through 32 on your your board and you think he's the guy, you get him. Right. That's one thing that I hate, people saying, oh, yeah, he would be a great fit, but it's too early to pick him there. Okay, so we just let someone else get him. That doesn't, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Right. And when it comes to when it comes to Watson, I agree with everything that you said. Um, everyone, you know, Mitch Trubisky's got this big hype right now and everything. I'm not taking the guy with one year experience. He couldn't even, he couldn't even beat out the guy the year that, before. Exactly. That goes for him. That goes for freaking Malik Hooker. I'm not interested in those guys mm. with one year experience at the number two position. Give me the guy that everybody was saying the year before, this time last year, exactly. everyone was, oh, my God, I wish Watson was coming out. I wish Preach. Watson was coming out. So then, so then he comes back this year, and on the biggest stages, he shines the brightest. But now all of a sudden, oh, he's not good enough. We should wait till next year. Come on, man. What, why is it every year is wait till next year? Get that man. Come on, Get man. that man. Get him with a quarterback coach such as Kyle Shanahan, somebody who can work with quarterbacks, develop a system, develop a scheme, and let that man shine. Let that man lead those other men on the field. The system seems to be in place right now where you can, you've can you got the, the guru in young Shanny. You've got the veteran mm-hmm. that's going to start so he doesn't have to be thrown into the fire and he can develop. Exactly. It's right there. And I tell people this all the time when they talk about value. Like, I, I get it. I understand. Like, if in a perfect world, if you could go get a Corey Davis and – and Deshaun Watson would be waiting in the second round. Perfect. Like, yeah, who wouldn't take that? You know what I mean? Of course. I don't think he's going to be waiting in the second round. That's why you got to make a decision now. And I tell him like this, if, if you have a guy that you believe in, that you believe can be a leader on your team, your quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years, possibly lead you to Super Bowl type success. What are you doing talking to me about? It's too early. What are you? What are you talking about? Thank you. What, do you what do you mean? It's Thank too you. early. Are you out of your mind? You got a you've got a franchise changing player right here, and you're talking about. Ah, well, you know, it's a, it's a little too early to take him at. T- no, no, let's just stop. Deshaun Watson right. at number two. That's where I'm going. If I had, if I had my I like pick, it. I'm going to Deshaun Watson number two. And and something else that would make me at ease about that is Kyle Shanahan is doing his research and he's picking Deshaun Watson. Who the hell am I to say no? Well, look here. Now, see, that brings up a, a, a good point. Because as much as I want Watson, I almost don't think there's any chance to get him. Now, I know over the weekend they have reports talking about they really like him in San Francisco. This is the first I've heard this in months. So I really kind of feel like that's a smoke screen to try and get somebody to trade mm-hmm. up. And it seems like everything I heard before this weekend – Shanahan really doesn't have any interest in Deshaun Watson. Right. So right. I don't think even if he – like I feel like even if he was there in the second round, I don't think he'd take him in the second round. I don't know why. Really? I, I, yeah, Ooh. I just – he. He's, I've heard about everybody. I've heard about Kaiser. I've heard about Trubisky. I've, I've heard about Webb, Mahomes, everybody being linked numerous times to the Niners. And until this past weekend, I haven't heard anything about Watson. And I don't know if that's I mean, that, cool hey, or what. That but. could be, uh, yeah, I was going to say that could be them laying back, you know, sitting in the cut. Letting, they're talking up everybody, hmm. everybody except him. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be something to it. 
I hope. Look, I hope so. I'm a big Deshaun Watson fan and believer. So I hope that's the case. Um, real quick, uh, any sleepers in a draft? I'm going to just leave this completely to you because I, I'm so anti-draft buildup. I, I, <laughs> I'm just, I, I get so irritated seeing the 95 mock drafts and I'm just, so yeah. I don't have any sleepers at all. Um, except for maybe, uh, I like Adoree, what's my man, Adoree Jackson? Is that his last name? Adoree Jackson, yeah. Yeah, I liked him mm-hmm. at USC. And he may be around in the second round. I think he's a playmaker. But I don't even know if people consider that a sleeper. But, um, yeah, I'm not even going to go to the sleeper segment. I'm just going to leave that to you. Any sleepers that you see the Niners getting maybe on the second day or the third day? Uh, yeah, I'm hoping that uh, – I, I know I said that Corey Davis would be my guy, but if we don't go with Corey Davis, I kind of like Cooper Cup, man. Um, young wide receiver, you know, and then that's – I just, you know, that's what I've been looking at, that we, we definitely need a wide receiver. You know yes, what I mean? Yes. He's coming from Washington and everything. Guy 6'2", runs good routes, good hands and everything. I, I, I really like him, man. That's a day two guy type of type of thing that I would be hoping to see. So, obviously, I want some help in this receiver court. That's that's where it is. Give me somebody 6'2", 6'3". I, I, won't even, I won't even beat around the bush. Everyone else is doing their research. You guys can look them up. I'm sure you've heard about them already. Right. Look up. I agree with you. I want a receiver. I want a game changer on the offensive yeah. end. You know what I mean? Like I know, I know they need to, you know, improve the defense or whatever. You've got ten picks to improve the defense. You know, there's defensive players are found all day. You know what I mean? I need a oh, game yeah. changer on the offensive end. A game changer. You know what I mean? Somebody that's gonna yeah. like the biggest thing I think with this team right now is you've got serviceable NFL players. Garcon, at this point, he's not a, a star, but he's he's a serviceable NFL player. Curly, I think right. he's serviceable. You know what I mean? You, you've got uh, – I even think Vance McDonald's a serviceable NFL player, right? You're lacking that blue-chip stud. You know what I mean? And that's why I like your idea of Corey Davis because you're going to get that stud. You're going to get that five-star guy that makes everybody else's job easier around him. And – I, yeah. That's what I want oh, yeah. them to come out with on on a Thursday in that in that first round. And they're, I mean, they're probably they're probably going to go defense. I don't. I I mean, okay, no, whatever. you don't no, think they will? I hope not. I don't. I don't I, think. I have so. a feeling I they feel will. Like, I think that this this draft is supposed to be extremely deep in defense. So why go defense early? If, you can, if, if you're looking at this the way that everyone's talking about it, mm-hmm. you know, there's no need to go defense super early. There's no need to go running back super early, which is going to go against what I was about to say. But there's no need to go running back early because we're seeing how deep this draft class is in running backs and right. edge rushers. You know what I mean? And the secondary, the, the safeties. And like, if, there's, if that's so deep and we have a new scheme, let's see what these guys have. You get somebody who knows what he's looking for. you got to let Kyle Shanahan pick the one offensive guy he can't live without in this draft. I, I think they go offense first. I, I really hope you're right. I really hope you're right. I, I I want them to do that. I I don't know. It feels like maybe the, like you said, maybe the safe pick is is going defense or whatever. I don't know. I want that offensive playmaker, that offensive juggernaut, especially for you know my new coach coming in. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I absolutely yeah. I I hope so. I hope that's what uh. What one more doing. guy. One more guy. I won't consider a sleeper, but if he happens to fall to the second round, I don't care if we do go offense in the first round. Curtis Samuel, 
would mm. be a monster mm. in a Kyle Shanahan offense. Mm. That man, if it, if it wasn't for John Ross running that that four two two, Curtis Samuel would be the talk of the draft right now. It's a bad man. Now, now, yeah. forgive me if I'm if I'm off right here. That's out of Ohio State, right? Yep. Yeah. Running yeah. back, wide receiver from Ohio State. That man can fly. He, man. He's a game changer. He's a game changer. Yep. He is a he's game exactly. changer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay, I mean that might even be somebody that's there in the second round, so maybe they can do work in the first round and then get him in the second. Is he is he is he looked at to to last that long? His speed is going to make him. He ran a four three one, um, so his speed is going to elevate him on people's draft play. And he he plays fast too, so it's mm. not like oh he just practiced you know getting out the gate early or whatever. No, he he plays fast also. That's so what's up. I think it's going to. He may he might go towards the end of the first round. Hmm. All right, Gab, as usual, because we can talk Niners all day long. We, Like I said, I wanted you for about 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes. We're going on close to 50 minutes here because this is just what we do when we talk about Niners football, all right? This is what that's we do. Right, and that's, I, right. that's, that's, why, that's why your wife was looking at you crazy when you said 20 minutes. She's like, yeah, right, you're talking to KC. It's not going to be 20 minutes. Just whatever. Just get out of my face, all right? So, so but I, I, I will get you out on this. We're going to you know have a little fun here. The schedule was released last week. NFL schedule, yeah. and I know a lot of people like to, you know, they like to have their little jokes about it and be like, oh, there's a two-hour show for the schedule release. It's ridiculous. Breaking news, the Niners have eight games on the road, eight games at home. Like, they, you know, make little <laughs> shots at it or whatever. I get it. I understand. It is pretty ridiculous. The two-hour uh, special is ridiculous. But, you know, in this day and age, People, you know, fly around the country to go see these games. They set up their, you know, their their whole fall vacation schedule around what game they're going to go to this year. So it is pretty uh, fun to see um, what, you know, where they need to be on what dates or whatever. Niners coming to Philly this year. You're neck of the woods. So I already know you're going to be in the building there. All right. You're definitely going to be at Lincoln Financial uh, on on that on that date and there's a there's a big contingency going out there already i can tell you that right now i've talked to about five people who even before the schedule was released was like yo we're going to philly this year all right so you won't be alone um other than that are you making a trip to the west coast this year is there any other game you're gonna hit this year what what what's what's on that 49ers gab schedule here this year great so i made a deal with my wife we get this house uh, we were trying to buy a house. We uh-huh. get the house. I get to go to three games of my choosing, one of which <laughs> is going to be the Cowboys game against the 49ers and Santa Clara. So, yes, I will be coming west for the yes. first time. Yes. For the first time, I will be coming west for the Cowboys game. Yes. Now, the, the other thing is the two other games that I picked to go to were local games. It was the Redskins game and the Eagles game. Okay. What I didn't know before Thursday was that those games are in three consecutive weeks. I so, did not know the schedule. Oh, wait a minute. You're right. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> you are right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, I think um, you, I think the one you'd have to move is probably the Redskins game, right? 
Well, I'm, no, I'm still going to try to do all of them. Oh, so I'm going to try to do three. all of them. Okay. Well, because I was yeah, thinking, I'm just, I mean, there's a little, that's not a lot of travel involved, but a little in travel involved going to Washington. You're obviously already going to San Francisco and then Philly's right in your backyard. So you could do uh, the, the Cowboys game and the Philly game real easy because, you know, yeah. you already got that planned and then the ones in your backyard. But I thought maybe you'd have to move the Washington game. What's that, about two hours? Yep. Yep, about two, two and a half hours, depending on traffic. So it's, it's not too, not too bad. bad. I went out to Baltimore. You know, it's not too far from there either. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. I have some family and friends out in the Baltimore area, so I can crash there if I need to. You know, yeah, so yeah, it's I'm not bad. Definitely going to be in the building for that for those games. And yeah, we got the house, so she's happy. Uh, she gets to spend all my money on doing the kitchen <laughs> bathroom. So. I'm going to go to my football game. Yes, yes, no <laughs> doubt, no doubt. Now, it's funny, I, I promise you guys, we did not talk about this before, all right? We just, we're yeah. just of, of the same mind right now, okay? Because that's just what we – I told you, my man Gab, Casey, we're on the same page. That's why I'm on the 49ers Gab Podcast Network, all right? Absolutely. Because I was going to make the announcement on Casey's Corner, not a gang remix, a call to order for the entire Niner faithful, 49er faithful, Niners nation, whatever, Niner gang, whatever you want to call us, a call to order for, what is that, week eight? We play the Cowboys? Cowboys game, yeah. Week eight, Santa Clara, California. I need everybody to load up and be at Levi's that game. We need to protect the crib that game. Week seven, I'm sorry. Week, yeah, that seven. Was week seven. We need to protect the crib. So if there's people listening out here who are thinking about making trips to if they're out of town and they gotta fly into San Francisco like you're doing and you gotta pick one game, I'm calling I'm making yeah. a call to order right now. Pick the Cowboys game. If you're at home right. in the Bay Area and you think about selling tickets or whatever, look, I'm not going to tell you how to spend your money. I'm not going to dig in your pockets. I know that's going to be an expensive uh, ticket for somebody else, so you can come up on that. Yeah. I'm just going to ask you, not that game, okay? We need right. to protect the crib, that game, all right? And they, they want revenge. Let me tell oh, you. Yeah. Let me tell you, man. Oh, my, yeah. my cousin's a Cowboys fan. They have not forgiven us for what we did to them a couple of years ago. Epic. We Epic. Took over their stadium. Epic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yes. Um, I'm well aware. That's why I'm, I'm telling these people right now, everybody I talk to, we need to protect the crib that game because there is going to be a takeover <laughs> attempt. I'm telling you right now. We need to protect it. All right. Now, I know the Giants game, that's probably another <laughs> game where, you know, people are going to look. Whatever. I'm not really worried about the Giants. I just don't need those Cowboy fans coming into Levi's <laughs> and turning those red seats blue. Okay? We don't need that nonsense. So I'm making a call to order right now, and I'm glad you said that. That's why we're on the same plate. I'm glad you said that. All right? Because you're probably thinking the same thing I'm thinking. I need to get yeah. out there for that game. All right? We need yeah. more gabs out here, bro. All right? We need more gabs All if right. you guys are listening. Call to order, 49er fans. The Cowboys game is off limits to everybody else, okay? Right. It's off limits. Right. You guys fill that stadium. I need that red up in there. Looking at the schedule, they would have been gone for three weeks. They're finally coming home. So people should be like, oh, good. The Niners are back. We need to go see them. Call to order. Cowboys game. Don't let them take right. over. Don't let them do it. That's right. 
Welcome the squad back in our way, yes. in our own style. The only the way the faithful can, guys. We got to make sure we feel welcome. Do not let this quote-unquote America team take over our city and our house. We got to protect them. Yes, yes. I'm, call to order. So let's just, I'm getting the movement started right now, right now. So everybody, right. you know, if they can make their plans or whatever the case may be, make it happen right now. Season tickets to Olders, don't sell your Cowboys tickets, sell your Giants tickets. You can do what you got to do with that, okay? I know, I know that's going to be a situation as well, but, and, and I don't, I'm not really a big Giants fan as well. The Giants kind of get under my skin, but not like the Cowboys, okay? Not like the right. Dallas Cowboys. Right. Do not sell your Cowboys tickets, all right? And, and, They'll probably be able to make more money from Giants fans anyway because they pay higher taxes and all that stuff than any other team <laughs> yes. in the league. So you yeah. can definitely come up and make make your money back on that one. Yes, yes, indeed, yes, indeed. Gab, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you taking the time. This uh, look when when we get through everything, we get through the OTAs, we get into the preseason and all this. You know, we gotta we gotta link back up and we gotta talk about this thing again. We got to break it down. Oh, yeah. Point. And, we, and, and next year, when I have, you know, the thing going, we got the weekly show going, I got to get my man Gab on here more often. I'm going to put my hand in the air like I just fouled somebody and say, that's on me, ref. That's on me. I got to get my man Gab in here a little more, man. That's on me, ref. So, yeah, man, we got to have you back, bro. I'm with it. Thanks All a lot, right. bro. Anytime, I appreciate it. man. Always right, a pleasure. Man. You take care. All right, bro. A big shout out to my man 49ers Gab coming through to KC's Corner Nana Gang Remix to bless us with a nice, nice 49er conversation to get us going here on this draft week, man. I appreciate it again, Gab. Good looking. Salute to you. Salute to all the people out there listening. All the Niner, all the 49er faithful, all the Nana Gang faithful out there listening. I appreciate y'all taking the time, man. Tell a friend. Tell a friend to tell a friend. I'm going to be back later this week. And uh, we got some more things to talk about, man, as we lead up to this franchise-changing draft that the Niners are going to get. You heard what I said earlier. The Niners are going to pick their next Hall of Famer in this draft. Quote me. Quote me. All right? So, yeah, I'll be back later later in the week. We're going to talk about this again. Once again, I appreciate you guys. Y'all be good. Peace. Birdman, take us up out of here. Boy. Are we all finished or y'all done? I ain't got no more talking. Blood them with Columbia. I know Sosa. All I got is my balls and my words. Do roaches. Everything we do, we put for such